0: Pastor Joyce, if you would hand me my uh, binder there. Thank you. It's going to be tough to preach after that. That was good. I want to wish everyone happy happy Mother's Day. It's a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful weekend here at our church. Um, I was able to be back in the back and just help serve and and uh, be here, and just to be able to hear the worship of the ladies in this house, it was amazing, and all the word that came forth, everything that was deposited, every speaker brought a different vantage point of how we have purpose in our lives, and I think every lady that came, and and, uh, even me being here, we were blessed, and we were touched, and uh, I believe as we're all here this morning, we're just taking that next step of what God's already been doing Uh, This weekend at our church. And I love it, the the purpose and the created to conquer. That was the theme this year. That we would know that we have victory in our lives. And that with the Holy Spirit, we don't have to stay bound. We don't have to stay in our pit. Remember what we talked about New Year's? That we don't have to stay in our pit, but He lifts us out of the pits of our lives, the addictions in our lives. There is freedom in the Holy Spirit. And when we spend time in His presence, yes, it's so good to enjoy it like we just did but it doesn't stay there. That's not the end of it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we're going to look at that of of someone, how the Holy Spirit came upon this, this woman's life in the Bible, how it changed everything in her life. And it not only just, it was a sweet presence, but it put mission into her life. An attribute of the Holy Spirit. We see it on Pentecost. We've been talking in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit touches us, it sends us on mission. Because the mission ahead is never easy. It's not a cakewalk. There's difficulty there's persecution. There's times when you want to drop out, quit, and never get back on that path. That's why you and I need the Holy Spirit in our lives. As it's Mother's Day, mothers have one of the toughest jobs that exist. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to, to be a wife, to be a mother, your career, all those areas. If, if you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, He'll give you the empowerment you need to do what He's called you to do. Quickly, Tim, I want to skip down. I actually want to read our our scripture in Acts as we're continuing on into Acts just to highlight something, and then I want to bring it back to something else. If we look at Acts chapter 1, I believe it is. Acts chapter 1, 13 through 15. I'm going to show you something. It says, And when they entered, they went into the upper room. So this is when all the apostles were going into the upper room. And it will all of them there. Verse 14, and this is what really stuck out to me. It said, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. And here it is. It says, with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So Mary was right there, the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, was right there with the apostles as they were experiencing the Holy Spirit. You know Something that's amazing about Mary and, and what I really want to touch on is I want to look at her life because Mary, honestly, in, in a lot of different churches, she's only really talked about it's a Christmas story, right? When we think of Mary, we think of Mary and Joseph and the nativity scene and how sweet and how awesome it is. But there is something, as, as we're going to look at this morning, in, in Luke chapter 1, when the angel appears, and, and we all know the story, when the angel appears to Mary and says, basically puts her on mission that this is what's going to happen. The angel confirms to Mary that she is most blessed among women, right? That's what it says. And it says that she will be blessed for all generations. And so mothers, wives, what can we learn from the woman who was blessed among all women? Think about that. If you knew someone was blessed among any other woman that ever lived, wouldn't you want to kind of know what her story was all about? What made her blessed? What what it was that God would entrust the greatest mission to bring forth the Logos, the living word, into our lives? It was through Mary. And I want to give some some background, some context on Mary, because when you really get into it and you study it, it's fascinating, just with her story. And so Mary, she was young. We we know that. She was between 12 and 13. And she served in the temple under Zacharias. And if you go and you read Luke chapter 1 and and 2, you'll see... A lot of the background of, of what was going on with Mary. And uh, what is also fascinating about her, as she was young and, and as she was serving in the temple, uh, you might not know, but she, her parents, and the story of her parents, the, her parents couldn't conceive. They, uh, Mary's mother, Anna, was barren. And so, uh, Mary was an answer to prayer to her parents that an angel of the Lord appeared to Mary's parents and said, You're going to conceive. That, and this is the mission that we're going to give. So uh, the thing is that Mary was a miracle baby to her parents. And the following on in the story, time passes, the, her parents give Mary to the temple at age of three and say, okay, we're giving you to the priest, you're going to serve, you're going to be raised. So think about that, that God blessed these parents with a child and then as God blessed them, they gave it back to God. They gave her back to God to go and to serve. And so we see kind of the story there. And then as as it was uh, Jewish custom, when a girl would reach between 12 and 13 that was serving in the temple, they uh, would be brought out and um, they would be uh, basically betrothed, that they can no longer serve in the temple anymore. So that's where Joseph comes into the scene. Now, this is amazing about Joseph that I, I come to find. And Bible scholars will disagree with different things. Now, if you watched kind of the Hollywood version of Mary and kind of her journey, you'll see that they're kind of the same age, right? Like they're in their 20s and different things. But what uh, study will, will show you and what different scholars uh, kind of disagree with that, either Mary w- or Joseph was either 40, and some scholars he was upwards of 70 to 80, okay? So kind of the difference there. But here's why it was different. Here's why it looked a little different, okay? And you've got to understand the custom of the time that it's not like marriage today. And so uh, when all these ladies had turned of age, the the priest gave a call to go and find all the widowed men to come and to take care of these ladies that were going up out of the temple. And so when the priest gave the call, Joseph heard the call, and Joseph was, we'll say he was 60, just to to leave it right there, right in there somewhere. (laughs) We'll give him a little love and grace there. And so Joseph had heard the call that all the, the, the men who were um, uh, without wives, his, Joseph's wife is passed, and Joseph actually had kids with a previous marriage. And so he left his life, he left his family, and he made the journey to Jerusalem, to the temple, along with uh, a lot of other men. And this is what was neat, is Zacharias, the priest, had made a sacrifice, and God had g- given Zacharias instruction of how you're to pick the man that is going to be with Mary. And so what that looked like of what God told Zacharias to do was take every man that has come and traveled from Jerusalem, and they usually had a rod or a walking stick, and I want you to instruct every man that is here with a rod, I want you to tell him to put it inside the temple, and then wait a day, and then whosoever rod had budded or had blossomed, that's the one that is to be with, with Mary. So all these men take their rod, they put it in the temple, and then the priest comes back the next day, opens the temple doors, goes inside. And of all the rods that were in there, it was Joseph's rod that had, blood, that had budded or blossomed. So you're already seeing the miraculous work of God in bringing these two together. And if you look in uh, just early church writings or pictures, you'll see uh, that the, the paintings was, is always with Joseph with his rod in it being blossomed. And uh, if you go and you read number 17, you'll see something very similar to how Aaron was called and was chosen. So this was just a way in that time of how someone was called and chosen to brought forth. And so Joseph was brought forth to take Mary. And and Joseph, the thing you have to know about him, he was more of like a father to Mary. He protected her. He watched over her. And he cared for her. And so I want to leave that there and I want to go back and I'm going to look at something else because it's going to tie into this as we understand the, the, the depth and the gravity of what Mary and what a, many mothers hear this morning, when you have mission on your life, when you're raising children, when you have to keep a family together, you need the Holy Spirit. And Mary needed the Holy Spirit for what she was going to have to do in her life. Because here's, here's what we see in Acts, and here's what we have to see about Mary too, is that Mary was there at the birth of Christ, right? She was there at the foot of the cross at the death of Christ. And then she was there as the church began. So Mary was this, was this background kind of, she put herself as a hidden figure to be just someone consistent in the life of Jesus. Maybe she did the laundry of the apostles or maybe she was there when, when they came in and she began to encourage them or prophesy over them. She was in the background making sure that they knew that they were together and that they were good. A lot of what mothers do, they do tons of behind-the-scenes work that nobody ever sees. I know I've had a mother that has always encouraged me and and I know I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for your love and for your support and your encouragement. And I love you and I thank you for that. You're a great mother and you're a great mother to a lot of people here. And when I was sitting there worshiping, I just began to think about, of, of thinking about Mary and preparing this. I probably went through this sermon five times and I just began to just to cry to be how thankful I am for you because I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for you if it wasn't for dad and your love for each other. You you showed me how to love and therefore I know how to love my wife because I saw how you loved. And I thank you for that. This was probably one of the most emotional sermons I had to go through. I know. Lisa, when she preached yesterday, she just had her box of tissues right there. And she, I like it. Instead of having water, she brought a Coke up with her. I'm like... That's awesome. And so I want to look back, and I want to show you as this story of Mary began to set up. And we got to look at the prophet Zacharias. And I want to show you when the angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias. Here's what we need to know about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias and Elizabeth were the parents of John the Baptist. So we see, and really the title of the message this morning is A Family Affair. We see a family affair taking a place between uh, Zacharias, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. They're all one big happy family. And so I want to look at Zacharias and Elizabeth and how God started dealing with, it, with this side of the family. Because in your family, when you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, He wants to touch every part of your family. And He wants to change your family, and He wants to be the staying power in your family. And that's what I was getting to with Mary. When she was there at all three of those areas of her life, there was staying power within her to keep her faithful, to keep her engaged. Because we need the staying power of the Holy Spirit to want to stay committed, to want to keep getting up and bearing our cross every day. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do that. So Luke chapter 1, 11 through 16 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And we always see this when angels would, would appear to uh, people in the New and Old Testament. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. So Zacharias and Elizabeth, Elizabeth was barren as well and couldn't conceive. But don't, don't, what I love about that is the reason she couldn't conceive because there was a plan attached to that. Yeah. You might even feel barren in your life now, but it's for a season because it's per- Preparing to bring the mission and purpose of God in the right season. And here's the instruction he gives Zacharias. He says, For your prayers heard your wife Elizabeth will bear, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness. Don't you love that? When a promise is fulfilled, doesn't it give you joy and gladness in your life? And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor wine. Nor strong drink. How many of you know when, when there's a purpose on your life, there's just certain things you don't even go toward? There's certain things you push out of your life. For them, it was the instruction of neither wine nor strong drink. And here it is He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. What you just read and what you saw there is the first person to ever be filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And who was the first person to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It was a baby in the womb of Elizabeth. Think about that. And as I was praying through that and thinking about it, with all the debate uh, going on of is it a life? It, does it have value? When is there a conception? What we see here is that the baby was filled with the Holy Spirit when it was conceived. Don't underestimate that season, mothers, of when even the baby is in your womb. Yeah. So we see the first person filled in the Holy Spirit with the New Testament was John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth. And how we see when the Holy Spirit touches our lives, I was thinking about this, it it shows us beauty and it gives us value and it shows us his grace. When the Holy Spirit touches our lives, those things start to illuminate in our life and it gives us purpose because he's the one who gives purpose in our lives. And so fast forwarding, we see that or the angel had spoken this to Zacharias and Elizabeth. And as this had happened, they were full of joy and, and full of gladness. And Elizabeth decides to take a journey to go visit Mary. And we see this in Luke chapter 1, 41, verse 42, it says, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. So this is as Mary walks into the house of Elizabeth, that the babe leaped in her womb. And so that baby could could sense the voice of God, and it leaped in her womb. Could you imagine just even seeing an ultrasound of a baby leaping <laughs> in a womb, how cool that would be? And it says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Here's another attribute of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the life of God, but it also gives us the gifts of God. That we see right when she was filled, she prophesied. So that's the amazing thing is is when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it wakes up a whole new avenue of your life that you never knew was possible. It awakens things in you that you never knew existed. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit just like we were this morning. We were pushing in for a fresh outpouring of His Spirit in our lives. So it's not just a one-time thing in our lives. It's an everyday thing. Just as we bear our cross every day, we go before the Holy Spirit and ask for refreshing and rejuvenating. And then Elizabeth confirms it and says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And so again, taking another step back, I'm gonna look at when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and and put her on mission. So you see how the angel Gabriel is going to this family and putting them on mission for what he's gonna call them to do. Luke 1, 28 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you, and blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord Will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom, there will be no end. And here's the question Mary asked when purpose was, was given to her. And this is the question we ask, when we feel the mountain's too big to climb, or how am I going to do this? How am I going to raise my kids? How am I going to love my husband? How am I going to go after this job? I don't have an education? How, how, how? We all have a "how in our life. Not a, howdy, a how you how? So Mary said, how can this be? I do not know a man. But here's the, the purpose. Here's the assurance that the angel Gabriel gave her. The angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest, and hear this word, will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. So he's even giving her confidence that what is about to take place in her. And she, Mary knew that Elizabeth couldn't conceive, so the angel's telling her, hey, even Elizabeth is pregnant. So you can tell she's saying, okay, God's on the move. He's up to something. <laughs> and this is now the sixth month. And so John the Baptist, we know, is, is a forerunner. So John the Baptist was conceived before Christ, because even as you go into the New Testament, and into uh, the Gospels, you'll see the mission that John the Baptist played in preparing the way for Christ. And he says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. And here, verse 38, here is what we honor and we respect about Mary. It says that Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. If we want an example of Someone who trusted the Holy Spirit. We look at the mother of God because she said this mission was put into her life. And when she asked how can this be, she she wasn't doubting God. But she was wrestling with the gravity of what God was asking her to do. Have you ever been in that place? I know I have. Maybe when you get married and you're just kind of a holy fear of God comes upon you, the gravity of the situation you're about to step into, how it changes your life. I even remember when ordained to, to go into this place, the gravity that I felt come upon my shoulders, that I want to please God, I want to please the Holy Spirit. All of us in our own situations, there's times in our lives when you, God puts a purpose on your life and you want to please Him and you feel the gravity of it. And so Mary was feeling, wrestling with the gravity of what the angel Gabriel was putting her on mission to do. Because that, when you look at the early church, that's why the Holy Spirit was so strong upon the body of Christ, because what they had to do was nearly impossible. That God entrusted the Holy Spirit with these 12 men to go and change the world. That many of them gave their lives for what they had to do. They lost their families. There was a great cost. And when we serve God, there's a great cost, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because if we want to follow God, we want to love well, we want to live well, we want to do what God's called us to do, there's a cost attached to it. That's the part of Christianity that, where the wrestle comes in. Because it's the wrestle between your spirit and your flesh. But the Holy Spirit gives us that staying power. Because think of Mary. We, we hear it around Christmas time. She was seen and and people saw she was pregnant and she wasn't married so she was called names she was looked on no one wanted when she walked up people kind of walked away she endured persecution her calling endured persecution but that's why the holy spirit gave her that assurance and that's what you need to know when you feel like you want to quit you want to tap out you want to stop the spirit of god will give you that assurance that's what we honor about her she said let it be done unto me according to your word and that's the challenge for you this morning whatever God has called you to do if you will turn to him and say let it be done unto me according to your word you watch as the Holy Spirit comes and he does more than you could ever thought he could do and he takes what little you have and he blesses your socks off but we stay in our comfort zones and we have a hard time trusting where God is wanting us to throw the walls off, push things, get stuff out of the way, get distraction out of the way, and give Him our heart, give them our trust. And that's what we see through Mary. You know, her name in the Greek is Theotokos. A few weeks ago, we looked at Theophilus and what his name meant, who meant lover of God. Theotokos means um, what a bearer of the image of God, bearer of God. And that's what Mary was. She was the bearer of God. And, and Mary, if you didn't know this, she was the first Christian. She was the first follower of Christ because Christ was in her. She was the first follower of Christ. And just put yourself in Mary's shoes. You know, every day when she woke up and she heard that baby kick, knowing that the Holy Spirit had conceived that baby, you know her mind was going a mile a minute every day. And so the angel Gabriel says, blessed are you among women. And so again, if you're struggling as a mother, if you're struggling in your life, look at Mary's confession. So let it be according to your word. We see, we see a, a moment in Luke chapter 11 where Jesus is casting out uh, a demon in somebody. And this woman uh, prophesies over Christ and she says in verse 27, Luke 11:27. 27, And it happened as he spoke these things, Jesus is speaking these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you. In verse 28, we see Jesus interject. He says, more than that, and this is for you and I, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You want blessing, you want staying power in your life, You want the Holy Spirit to come and and do what he needs to do? Blessed are you who hear the word of the Lord and you keep it. It's easy to hear something. It's easy to get inspired. Where you need the Holy Spirit is to be able to walk it out these doors and bring it into your jobs and bring it into your families. Let it change your mind. Let it change your, your words. That's the keeping power. But that's what he promises to give you and I. If you'll trust him and you'll let down. And you allow, as Mary did, to to do what the Holy Spirit was asking of her. Jesus also says in John 14, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Scripture also says obedience is better than sacrifice. A church father, St. Augustine, also said that if you're searching for peace, you're searching for contentment in your life. He said, my soul is restless until I rest in thee. We can look at all these different places to try to bring us peace and try to bring us rest, I'm guilty of it. I think if I can, you know, get things a certain way or get things in order, yes, that's a part of it. But at the core of the issue, your soul will always be restless. You'll always, your soul will be bankrupt until you rest in, in him, until you're settled in him, until you're confirmed in him. You know, the thing I've seen too is, is walking in the Spirit is just every day it's getting up and saying, Holy Spirit, I want your presence in my life. Yes. Every day. Yes. It's not going through seasons of our life. I think God grieves and he hurts because he longs for consistency in our life. He longs for us to be in communion with him. We've seen that song, we are unfulfilled without full communion. Full communion is allowing the Word of God, allowing His presence to come and to draw us into the depths into the waters of His presence. Right. Not just to be settled. I'm saved. I got my ticket. I'm good. But we are on a healing process. And it's the Holy Spirit right. who gets us back on that process when we fall down. Right. So that's my encouragement for you this morning. Moms, that you would know the staying power of the Holy Spirit in your life couple of scriptures I want to give you. It talks about women of faith. In Proverbs 9.1, it says that women are pillars of support. Women, moms, wives, you are pillars of support in your home. In 1 Timothy 3.11, it says they're faithful. I love this too. It says, the lessons instilled by a mother are those emphasized in 2 Peter that says, The seeds which are implanted in our hearts, in our minds, our souls, can either produce virtues or they can produce thorns. What are you producing in your home? Is it thorns or is it virtues? Is it the fruits of the Spirit or is it anger? A mother's words can either heal or scar her children. You know, another church father said the first schoolroom a child ever goes into is his mother's home. We talked about in marriage the the different crownings and how the early church performed a wedding ceremony and how the man was crowned in his role, as it talks about in Ephesians, and the woman was crowned uh, for her role. Moms, you have a crown to do what God has called you to do. You have to choose to put it on, though. Same with husbands. You have a role and a crown to put on, but you have to choose to put it on. And if you choose to put it on, the Holy Spirit will show you up and back you up because he stays true to his word. When we make the, the, the tough decision to bear our cross, put on our crown, that's when the backing power of the Holy Spirit keeps us lifted and helps us walk the tough path of raising kids, of being a husband, of being a wife. Mother's words can either encourage or defeat. They can raise up or put down. These virtues, whether good or bad, determine what a child will even be like as an adult, as unique individuals. You were setting your child up to either make a decision that I want to follow Christ with everything within me. Or you're going to set your child up, and this is for parents both, that I'm going to be skeptical, skeptical about church or I'm not going to want much of God in my life because what I saw in their life. It takes a lot for a child to get up and over of the home they were raised in. Right, right. God's bigger than that, yes. Right. But parents, your purpose is to help lead them into that Relationship with Christ. I want to read one more thing. Another church father wrote that the mother is everything. She is our consolation and sorrow, our hope and misery, our strength and weakness. She is the source of love, mercy, sympathy, and forgiveness. And it says, He who loses his mother loses a pure soul, who blesses and guards a man or a child constantly. Lacey, if you would come, read one more passage of Scripture to you. This is encouragement for you. Because we're all in a process. We're all in different stages in life. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9. I'm going to read in the message verse because it lays it out good. It says, Don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Moms, parents, families, don't lose a minute on what you have been given to do. You know, quickly, we went uh, to a graduation in, in Tulsa, and the, the sp- keynote speaker was David Green, the CEO of Hobby Lobby. If you know anything about David Green, or if you look anything into him, his company and, and everything he has is worth over five billion dollars. And he just released a book on, on generosity and, and giving and all these different things. But what I admired about him is this man came up to the stage and he just talked out of his heart. He said, there's three stakes that you have to drive into the ground of what real success looks like. And he said, the first stake of success was marriage. The second stake is your family. And then the third stake is godly success. That if you get those out of order, confusion and mess and things come into your life, but when you keep those things in order, there's a flow of his presence that comes in and touches and makes it possible to live that out because it's easy to elevate one over the other. He also said in regards to godly success and purpose because when we think of purpose and when we think of calling, it's easy to feel like, well, I'm not really making a difference. I'm not, what's God really doing in my life? What he said was, and he quoted Saint, or, uh, the Apostle Paul. He said in Scripture, and Paul says this in the Corinthians, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So what your godly success is isn't necessarily if, I'm, uh, if I flip patties, if I'm a pastor, if I'm a truck driver, if I'm a musician, if I'm a carpenter, if I work with, whatever it is, whatever you do, whatever your job is, that's, That's great, but it's the attitude you put behind it. If you say, whatever I do today, whatever God has put in my hands, if I do it for the glory of God, that's my calling. It's the attitude you put behind what you put your hand to. Because if we don't, if we feel that I just have to get to this place, I got to get here, I got to do that, then you're missing what God is wanting to do in your life all along the journey because you're just trying to get to this destination. And usually what happens, I've done it, I've been there. When you get here, it's not even that fulfilling right. because you completely missed it. Right. Right. And so allow a whole different mindset of purpose in your family, and your marriage. And again, this is what the early church focused on and taught is you got to keep your family first. You got to keep your marriage first. And then God will provide everything else in your life. It's just because we feel that okay, i got to provide, i got to put food on the table, I get it, I've been there, I understand. Times are tough, but if you keep an attitude and a heart that I'm going to keep my family first, I'm going to love my family, I'm going to do what the Bible says, I'm going to teach, I'm going to love, I'm going to instruct. So it goes on to say that complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the other. With these qualities active and growing in your life, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward. Basically saying, if you allow that process to be evident in your life, you won't miss it. You'll be right in sync with God and the Holy Spirit. Just as Mary was, just as Zacharias was, just as Elizabeth was. The Holy Spirit came and changed and touched and took that whole family where they were barren. They thought that God was done with them. But The Holy Spirit showed up and changed their entire life. And I love it because it was in their old age. It was in their old age. They weren't young and thought their whole life was ahead of them. It was in their old age. So this morning, if you would stand with me. I'm going to take a moment. I just want to reflect. And I want us to pray. And I want us... to just ask the Holy Spirit to overshadow us. Wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, whatever you feel your purpose is or feel that you've even stepped out of your purpose, ask the Holy Spirit to come and overshadow you as he did Mary. Because that's what changed everything in her life. So, in the name of Jesus, We come before you, Father. We thank you, your presence is here. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're patient with us. We thank you that you care for us. God, our prayer this morning is we want to be faithful, we want to be consistent, we want the staying power of the Holy Spirit. That when we're on the mountain, we can be level-headed in the same, and when we're on the valley, we can be level-headed, and we can trust you that you're going to bring us through. I thank you that the fruit of the Spirit would be so evident in our lives. God, that we would shift out of fear and step into faith in those areas of our lives where we're doubting, where we're struggling. So as we sing this, as we invite the Holy Spirit into our life, I pray that you would overshadow us. And that we would look to you, the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence. We want the fullness of what you came to give us. Empower us in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: You're the Lord.
2: i